On your Thursday episode of Locked on Raptors, it's the return of the greatest parlor game in Toronto Raptors podcast history. It's What's More Likely, where we take a look at three of the Toronto Raptors struggling the most since the Yakup Hurdle trade to determine are there slumps here to stay? Is it temporary turbulence or are there bigger red flags at hand? We will get into all of those questions and so much more with Katie Heindel. It's actually whatever's more likely. Let's get to it. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1361 of Lockdown Raptors for Thursday, March the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all of my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can subscribe to the podcast for free on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated when you go ahead and do that. We had a minor hiccup yesterday. We were at 3,000 subs on the YouTube channel, and then one of you unsubscribed. So now we're one below the 3,000 threshold once again. Again, Katie shaking her head accurately. Uh, very disappointing stuff to whomever's unsubscribed. I hope they're okay. Uh, but please jump on in, support the show, do all that good stuff to uh, help boost that subscriber number and all that good stuff. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we are playing What's More Likely, our favorite parlor game here on the show. I come up with an extreme question with two very extreme outcomes on one, uh, two ends of the spectrum, and we determine which of those extreme outcomes is more likely to happen. We got some player-specific What's More Likely's today, specifically three guys who have been struggling since the Yakup Pirtle trade. Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., and Precious Achua. We will get to those questions, but Katie, there was some news yesterday in the NBA that is relevant mm -hmm. to our interests that I need to first start off with. I'm sorry to the Raptors fans who don't care about this, but... You should be a fan of mascot lore and important news and mascotdom because uh, the Raptor, of course, is like the patron state of mascots. Katie, I'm going to bring it up on the screen here. Thoughts on Douglas Fur, the new mascot for the Portland Trailblazers, the hipster Sasquatch. Uh, what are your thoughts? Wow, I missed this completely. Mm -hmm. Is its face flat? It looks kind of like the type of mask you would wear if you were doing a bank robbery. It looks uh, like a foam. From this angle, it looks mm -hmm. almost like a foam overlay. It doesn't look like there's any dimensionality to it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really <laughs> dug into the complexion of Douglas fur just yet. It does seem like a little waxy in, in terms of yeah. like the, there's like some sheen to Maybe it, it's which a is prototype. bizarre. Could be an yeah. early prototype. Um, yeah. Looks a little like, <laughs> like some sort Corbin of Pierre Smith. the Pelican surgery in coming here to like fix his face. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear my diss? I didn't want to. Oh, no, I didn't hear the diss. Like Corbin Smith. 
<laughs> no, Corbin's hair would be more like an orangey kind of reddish tint. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, I do, famed I do... uh, NFL journalist Corbin Smith. Yes, uh, famed Locked On Seahawks podcast host Corbin Smith. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, don't you know? You can Google the Corbin Smith saga if you'd like. We're not going to dive too far no. into that because we don't need um, to talk about Pacific Northwestern sports writers. Uh, Katie, good for them for getting a mascot. I will say, yeah, they really one. thrilled. Uh, the, they there's did too have... much hair. There's too much hair. Yeah. I, I, I think I kind of like it. I hope they grow it out as uh, the season goes on, too. Just, like, longer and longer Sasquatch. But why hair. is it so gorgeous? Because if it's, like, a Sasquatch, you know, it's probably living in the woods. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. more Rumble the Bison style <laughs> hair, right? His hair is, like, yeah. quite coarse. Yeah. And, like, gr- even Grizz sometimes it's, like, really askew. This guy. Well, you see, he's will bring the picture back up. He's a hipster, so he's he probably using like shop, I guess, natural right? shampoos yeah. he's using and soaps. Aesop. Yeah, he's yeah. using Aesop. He's got a nice boar bristle <laughs> brush and like beard comb. I guess he just uses. He's probably got a Dyson uh, air wrap. He's doing. Mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. the ladies know what I'm talking about. He's probably doing his whole coat with that thing. I don't know what I'm uh, talking about. I can't yeah. afford one. Let's uh, dive into the basketball talk, <laughs> shall we? Uh, shout out Douglas Fur. Welcome to the NBA mascot family. I guess. Good name. Uh, R.I.P. to Blaze the Trail Cat, who oh, uh, ooh, was just kind of a worse version of other cat mascots in the NBA. So I don't think we're going to miss Blaze all that much, truthfully. But uh, let's dive oh, in Blaise. to the Raptors content, shall we, Katie, before everyone gets mad at us. Uh, we're playing What's More Likely, of course. <laughs> and we're going to begin with, I think, maybe the most pressing question hanging over the Toronto Raptors right now, which is what the hell is going on with Pascal Siakam in the last little while? Of course, I think last six games, he's averaging just a smidge over 15 points per game. His shooting percentages are way down. So my question is, Katie, what's more likely? Pascal Siakam averages 15 points a game over the final 13 games or averages 25 points a game over that same span. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, but that's why we play the game. Katie, (laughs) What's more likely, 15 points a game for the rest of the year for Pascal or 25 plus? Uh, Because averages are cruel by nature. I'm going to go with 15. (laughs) We always learn that the hard way, don't we? In Mm. school. (laughs) Yes. I remember that very philosophical statistics class I took uh, way back in in first year university. No, Katie, yeah. 15 is your answer here. Why is that? And I guess the bigger question is here is, is like, is that something that's rectifiable going into next season if, in fact, he does close this season out slumping the way he has of late? It's, uh, it's a pressing question. It's a, like a sad irony that the Raptors trade for his best pal, and he is the guy who has kind of been most squeezed out of the flow of the offense. Uh, you know, What's your sort of read on this Siakam slump? Is it something that you're concerned about big picture when it comes to like off-season decision-making, or do you think it's more it's a pretty condensed amount of time here to figure things out after the Pirtle deal, and even if it doesn't quite you know, end up with him fully back incorporated into the offense by the end of the season, you still think there's a, a possibility that it'll happen with a full season of slate next year to kind of get everything working together on the same plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I say uh, it'll average 15, it's not without knowing that I'm sure he's going to pop off for like 25 plus a mm-hmm. few games here and there. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a given. Um, 13 games is both a lot and also not many games like in that if you're yeah. just tracking that one stat mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of going by the way he's played all season, also the t- way the team's played all season in terms of like no one can be even at the same time 
Mm -hmm. We gotta have mm -hmm. a slump. We yeah. gotta have like, <laughs> one or multiple slumps at once. It just seems to be the rules for the Raptors this year. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's worrisome. Big surprise for me. Uh, I think this isn't really something to be concerned about. I do think some of this is still maneuverability uh, in the roster, especially like with some of the lineups and some mm -hmm. of like the matchups, I think that the team has faced mm -hmm. thus far. Uh, and I'm looking ahead on the schedule. I think that will stay the same. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I know there's pressure. I, I, I have the sense that yes, there's like this external pressure that they want to make the play in. But what I've mm -hmm. seen from the Raptors hasn't been as urgent as like the Heat, say, who are right, kind of right. in a parallel position where like the Heat are really fighting to not make the play in, but they may end up there. Whereas I think to, to, with Toronto, there's a sense of like, yeah, we're, we want to make the play in. This is what we're telling everybody, but mm -hmm. I don't see that translated so much in play. So I also wouldn't be surprised if there's kind of like a backing off maybe right. by Pascal Siakam. Uh, and maybe some of that is coming from direction internally where it's like, you know what, we are where we are this season. Be great mm -hmm. if we made the plan. You could show up there, but for the rest of this season, let's just like figure out our rotations. Yeah. But I'm not worried. Yeah, I don't think I'm worried either. I would also say that 15 a game is probably more likely than 25 mm -hmm. a game. Although, you know, Pascal averaged 25 a game for 46 games that he played before the trade. And so, um, you know, it's entirely possible he kind of gets back to that form. A and it's weird. It's I just kind of going through some of the numbers. It, you know, obviously his play style has had to change, right? There's less mm -hmm. space for him to work with because there's not a lot of shooting in that front court. And... You know, as much as the the Pascal, Yak, Barnes trio has like incredible interior passing and they can space their own kind of way inside, it still cramps driving lanes. It makes it so Pascal has to pull up from further away before he kind of runs into that thicket of arms and bodies and all of that that's just kind of always around the rim when the Raptors are on offense. And so... <laughs> You've seen a bit of a change. You know, his pull-up attempts are up by about an attempt a game. He's shooting worse on them than he was at the start of the season as well. Uh, he's shooting one and a half fewer times inside 10 feet as well, and he's shooting three and a half percent worse on those. Uh, the very encouraging potential stat here, if they can kind of balloon the volume up, is he's shooting 41.7% on catch-and-shoot threes since mm -hmm. the Yak trade. And I think that speaks to they're getting better threes because Yak is on the team. There's that role gravity he brings. Um, Pat, you know, Fred is obviously in a, a much better playmaking position because he has that big man to work with. And they're creating a lot better looks. And Pascal has been knocking him down, but he's taking fewer catch and shoots now than he was before the trade, which is weird considering he's being asked to play off ball a little bit more than he was earlier in the year when he basically was the center of the Raptors offense every single time down. Um, I am ultimately not worried big picture either. I, I think, you know, you mentioned the idea of like the priorities for this season and honestly making the play-ins nice, but I do think the bigger priority down the stretch here is to try to work Pascal back in and, and figure out how it all works, how the balance works on the floor, you know, where their good looks are going to come from, where Pascal's looks are going to come from. It feels like, like right now he's just kind of the odd time taking the bull by the horns and sort of, hey, it's my turn for offense. I'm going to post up or I'm going to go try to drive and pull up for a mid-ranger from my office or whatever. And it's not in the flow the way it maybe feels like the rest of the offense is working right now. Mm -hmm. I would expect they'll incorporate him back in. Um, if they don't, 
if there's a big time struggle for him, like like we've seen, the the percentages are off, the usage is way down, all of that between now and the end of the season, does that at all affect your off season decision making? Of course, he's going to be mm-hmm. one year away from the end of his deal. The potential max contract is going to be on the table. Does that alter your thinking there if you're the Raptors? If it can't quite be figured out between now and season's end? No, not really. Because again, no. you've staked you staked your um, franchise around. Mm-hmm this guy not to Mm -hmm. say these things are changeable but these types of players you know and personalities and like personality fits in terms of the raptors specifically Mm -hmm. don't come along that often Mm -hmm. uh and i think you know they've doubled down on him season over season with good reason and like with uh i think proof in play by pascal siakam so no i don't think that will change uh the one thing i do want to say though when you were kind of listing off those stats and I, I think I talked about this the last time we talked about Pascal mm-hmm. is just what does kind of minimally worry me uh, is his hesitancy to get close. Yeah. And that's something that I did think would be alleviated mm-hmm. by adding Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing him stay far out trying to like, you know, like catch and shoot. It's a lot of clutter. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's what I don't know. That could just be again, um, a bit of confusion in the rotations Mm -hmm. that we've seen overall this season Mm -hmm. and now, but that is something that I uh, thought would clarify itself. And I thought would actually give Pascal Siakam more confidence. Yeah. I I mean, I think they will figure that out, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. Yak's a pretty good player at, you know, not clogging the lane despite being interior bound, um, Mm -hmm. you know, compared to other guys who just kind of stand there and clog things up. He does sort of shift and move into space. He can kind of flash out to the elbow to do his sort of elbow creation thing if you want all of that. Um, I do think... You know, if you're looking for optimism here, the Raptors starting lineup is still absolutely bludgeoning everyone they play right now, even with yeah. Pascal looking out of sorts. They're just <laughs> kicking the piss out of everybody. They're plus 18.8 per 100 possessions uh, <laughs> in seven games together, 150 minutes. They're riding that lineup a ton. And the amount they're riding that lineup makes me feel as though there's going to be plenty of opportunity for the repetitions to uh, take their hold and for the sort of the mix to be figured back out at some point here. I- I'm with you. I also like just think of the awkwardness of trade for Yakup Pirtle, get to the offseason. It hasn't worked out super well with Pascal. You sign Yak, and then you're just like, all right, bye, bye Pascal. You don't fit anymore. Bye-bye. Like, that's not happening. Like, no. just on a human level, I don't know if the Raptors front office is that ghoulish. Uh, maybe they are, but I don't think so. We'll come back on the other side, Katie. We're going to get into a couple more. What's more likely is Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, their futures both in season and beyond. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at ultimate basketball g m i am a sucker for any general manager sim video game and ultimate pro basketball gm is right along in that category ever dreamed of becoming an nba gm and managing your basketball franchise well your dream can come true and this is 100 the game for you manage every single strategic aspect of your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants trading and training players making draft picks navigating your franchise through the off season silly silly season and all of that and all of this is in a challenge 
challenging, realistic game world. Pro Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And you can also play with your pals. I am in a group right now with a Locked On NBA host. I stink. Uh, Pat the Designer, our pal from Locked On Bulls, keeps on winning our leagues. But uh, you can do better than I can. Just go and tra- sign up right now. Locked On Raptors listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all one word, in the game store. So make sure you go to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code you see on the screen. I'm pointing at it correctly now. And... Look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, Katie Heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings. And once again, the New York freaking (laughs) Times. Just give it up for the New York Times published Katie Heindel as we continue on with a whatevs more likely episode of the show. Uh, We're going to get into uh, question number two here. Katie Gary Trent Jr. has not been having the best time of late coming off the bench. What's more likely, Gary Trent Jr. opts out and signs a four-year contract with the Raptors this offseason, or GTJ opts out and walks for nothing in return, and the Raptors are maybe kind of okay with it. What do you think is more likely here of these two offseason scenarios for one, Gary Trent Jr.? I think he gets signed. I think... um... The his agent will probably test the waters, mm-hmm. but there's this thing you know that's fairly common aside from your handful of superstars, which is I think a fan base can can think like oh this guy's really valuable and like mm-hmm. we could think he's you know he's kind of plug and play on any number of teams, but then when somebody gets out and actually tests the market and they don't have that many offers mm-hmm. or like max offers, it suddenly starts to look pretty comfortable you know, signing with the team that they were just on. And then Mm -hmm. perhaps like using that contract, which I'm sure will be like a fairly, the Raptors do, I think, pay people pretty fairly. Mm -hmm. Um, But so using a contract that's not so outsized, maybe to trade away next season, right? Like that's not an immovable contract is what what I mean to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in terms of him walking for nothing, the Raptors don't, whether that's just time and history, they don't really have that on their side this season, given, mm-hmm. you know, you had to do that with Kyle Lowry, of course. You lost Kawhi. But um, there's just been this now. It feels like there's a bit of a repetition and a bad repetition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think um, optics-wise, they can't really let that happen. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not the prez. I'm not <laughs> in charge, but that would be my guess. Uh, you, you've, you've had now like a few summers of no returns mm-hmm. uh, and given what's happened this season, you do have to be aggressive. If you, if you, if someone is going to walk or you're going to cut them loose, you want to try and get something back for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be as cutthroat as possible, basically. <laughs> and I yeah. think that uh, these troubles aren't, I, I think they're more the exception than the rule for Gary. Yeah. I think he's been really good this season, right? It, it's been since the trade that he's really struggled. We yeah. haven't even talked about that. I will ask. Yeah. Him, right. Yeah. It, yeah, and I think like he's, you know, I talked about this. I don't think he's gotten enough credit for his level of buy-in after kind of getting reamed out by Nick Nurse early on in the season. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when you just look at the way his shots come, he's not really commandeering the offense and sort of leading them down bad roads as much. He's just missing shots within the flow right now more than anything. And that's not great. You want to see him make shots, but he's also a kind of inherently streaky guy. So I don't know if the last handful of games really is all that indicative of what to expect 
on a full contract for him. Uh, I will say, though, it's pretty stark, the drop-off in his performance since the trade. I have a couple of screen grabs here. I've just got the visual aids all day here, Katie, uh, (laughs) of cleaning the glass, just the breakdown of his field goal percentages before and after the trade. I'll bring it up here. First up, this is before the trade, Katie. I was shooting, you see a lot of orange there. On cleaning the glass, orange is good. At the rim, very good. Short mid-range, extremely good. 88th percentile. Uh, All threes, 38%, 63rd percentile. Mid-range, you know, not the greatest. Corner threes, he doesn't really do that a whole lot. Um, But very good. And then you see this second one, all blue. This is since the trade. 6th percentile at the rim, 32nd percentile in short mid-range. The two areas where he's in the 80th or better before the trade. Uh, just bricking his threes, all of this. It's been a pretty stark drop-off, but again, streaky player. Uh, I think you could kind of take any sample of any season of Gary Trent Jr.'s and find sections where it's you know not quite working for him and it doesn't really tell the whole tale of his season. That said... You know, I kind of think for me, like, the reason I gave these two extreme options is I do think he's probably going to sign, like, a two plus one or something like that around yeah. what he makes right now. Um, but I think of these two, I might say he, him opting out and walking for nothing is the more likely. And I think it's because, look, I don't know if you can guide your decision making based on the guys who have left for nothing in the past, right? It's, and, and like, I, I think there's maybe, like, a bit of a, a misrepresentation of the guys who have left the Raptors for nothing in the past. Like Kawhi, that was out of your control. You were never going to re-sign him. You were never going to trade him at the deadline. You won a title. That's fine that you lost him for nothing. It sucks you did, but like you couldn't have done anything else. Mm-hmm. Danny Green left because Kawhi left, and I don't think you were going to, again, you were not going to trade him at the deadline because he was a pending free agent. You won a title. It's fine. The Gasol and Ibaka, yeah, them leaving for nothing did leave you kind of short in the big man department the following season, but neither of those guys ever played near their level with the Raptors ever again after leaving Toronto. Uh, like, Ibaka yeah, never found his foothold so with the Clippers. And they it is depressing. And they should have signed them both. <laughs> but maybe they shouldn't have, because then they would have had just them doing no. the Aaron Baines thing, except no. with better vibes. I don't know. I don't but, like, so. they, I don't think in hindsight you can say that they, like, hurt themselves in terms of just overall talent by not bringing those guys back. And they were never going to trade those guys in the middle of the season where they were on a 60-win pace either, even though they were pending free agents. They got Kyle, they got Precious back for Kyle, which, hey, Precious is, we're going to talk about him in a sec. He's been on hard times of late, but still a pretty decent return for a guy who was a free agent. Maybe there was more out there. Maybe there wasn't. I don't really think there was based on the reporting. Seems like a lot of teams got Talon Horton Tucker Precious and didn't want to deal him. Um, And so... I just, I don't know if all of the guys who have left for nothing in the past should dictate what happens with Gary Trent Jr. And I think the reasoning here, if Gary opts out and goes and signs somewhere else and the Raptors don't get anything back, like I think you could argue that the financial wiggle room you get to then secure your better players in longer term could actually be worth that. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe it's just better to have good players and they need shooting, obviously. And I'd probably prefer him back next season, just all things considered. I think in that six-man role, he can be really effective. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also don't think it'd be crazy if he just walked for nothing. And it's also, this is a difficult thing to sort out because this offseason, not a lot of teams with cap space, as is always the case. And none of these teams that are with cap space strike me as teams that are going to go drop the bag on Gary Trent Jr., 
the Houston Rockets already have all of the one-way uh, guard players in the entire league, and they are awful as a result. I don't think maybe, – maybe he's exactly what they want. Maybe they want to build their whole team out of guys like that, so maybe he could be their starting power forward or something. I don't know, uh, but I'm skeptical. The Jazz ain't signing Gary Trent Jr. The Pacers, the, like they have already, you know, Buddy Heald's on the team, Ben Matherin, Chris mm-hmm. Duarte. They don't need a Gary Trent Jr. The Spurs don't feel like they're going to be in a position to go and add. Uh, the Pistons, maybe, but like they got other stuff to figure out developmentally. And I don't know if Gary Trent Jr. coming in to soak up minutes for a Scoot Henderson or a Cade Cunningham or a Jaden Ivey is what you want. Uh, and then the Magic, they feel like uh, they don't, also don't need a Gary Trent Jr. Those are the cap space teams. I, I don't really see there being a big market out there. And so I do think it's most likely he opts out, realizes they're not a whole lot, and just re-ups at a similar deal with the Raptors. But I don't think the Raptors are going to be compelled to give him four years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's pretty possible. Like, it's on the table that he just walks for nothing. Everyone gets mad for a hot second. And then they re-sign all their good players, and the starting five goes into next season just bludgeoning everybody once again, and everyone's fine with it. Um, any last parting shots on the Gary Trent Jr. stuff here? Again, I'd like to see him back. He's a fun, cool player. He's When he's on a heater, it, like, totally changes the Raptors. But um, any last thoughts here before we move on to our final What's More Likely? I think the percentage drop also has to do with usage and Mm -hmm. minutes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he's coming off the bench now versus he was way more in the starting lineup. Uh, And I think they were relying on him more for that outside shooting. And Mm -hmm. that's changed. And he's playing Um, with a lot of guys who aren't playing well, too. Yeah. Like those bench guys are struggling. Once again, it's just like a perennial problem, right? This bench question mark where every year we're like, now we have one. Oh, no, we don't, I guess. (laughs) They're only allowed to have five good players at once, Katie. Someone made some sort of deal with some sort of uh, demon of some kind before the year, and it's only five (laughs) good players. That's all they got. That's the rules. Um, You know, I think think the middle option of like a two-year re-up is probably the most likely. The other thing with him, too, is like if Jakob Pertl is reportedly going to be in like the 18 to 20 range or even less, like I think 16 to 18 has kind of been floated around. He's been kicking ass, though, so maybe a little higher. I don't think Trent's bargaining power is going to be super high because it's like, pay me more than Jakob Pertl? What, the guy who saved the team? No, that's not happening. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. But uh, here's hoping Gary Trent Jr. gets himself on a heater because we love Gary Trent Jr. heaters here on the podcast. Almost as much as the people love what's more likely as a concept. We're going to come back on the other side, Katie. We're going to round it out and get to Precious Achua and a what's more likely related to his potential usage in some high leverage games down the season. We'll get to that in a sec. But first, got to tell you about our dear friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in North America. And you can get in on the action right now as the NBA season comes towards its conclusion. Lots of big games every single night. The scoreboard watching has been incredible. If you want to juice up that scoreboard watching even more than it is juiced, FanDuel's the place. And because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, there's been no better time to jump on in. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained and everything else in between. Plus, with FanDuel, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I've talked about that. It's my favorite way to get into the sports wagering. I rarely do it, but the same game parlay when I'm at a game in person or just want to liven up a Kings-Knicks game on a weeknight, it's a pretty good way to do it. Don't miss the chance to get the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Today's show is also brought to you by our dear pals over at Built Bar, and it's Built March Madness time, baby. That's right. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you got a favorite bar or puff. Mine is peanut butter brownie, but there's always ones that try to creep in as contenders, little Cinderella's, uh, and it's a wonderful time. You can go and vote for your favorite bars over at Built.com today. And uh, you have a chance as well to win some stuff when you go ahead and do that. When you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. And not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You gotta love that. You gotta try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so good. And they won't even, you don't even realize they're good for you as you're eating them. They feel like a delicious treat. But in fact, they are good fuel for your body. They got protein. They got low sugar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box. While you're there, you can vote every day in March. So hop on in and support your pick. All right, rounding things out here on Lockdown Raptors, playing What's More Likely with our fave, Katie Heindel. We get to the final What's More Likely scenario today. Katie, what's more likely? Precious Achua, who's been struggling big time, gets 20 minutes of action in a play-in game, or he gets benched and doesn't see any action in a play-in game at all. It's been hard times for Precious. Katie, maybe some thoughts on Precious's recent play from your perspective before providing your answer to this what's more likely conundrum. I mean, I don't think it's 20, but I don't think it's nothing. Mm -hmm, It's probably mm going to be 10. Sure. Because I think a play that means I've done my job here again, Katie. I'm so good at setting up these scenarios. A play in (laughs) situation is going to be an all hands on deck uh, Mm -hmm. situation if the Raptors are able to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that feels correct to me. I also think the slumps are situational and Mm -hmm. I think he will come out of them uh, a better player for it. Yeah, I'm a little less optimistic he's going to figure it out this season, honestly, Katie. Oh and yeah, I think it's I because I'm of talking long, yeah, long game. Yeah, I just I feel like honestly I mentioned this yesterday, but I'd be all right if he just kind of took a little time out from rotation time for a little while because when he's on the floor, it's been really bad. The Raptors are getting demolished when he's out there right now. It doesn't matter who he's playing with. You played him with four starters against the Nuggets, and that was their worst stretch of that game by far. You play him with the heavy bench lineups. He doesn't really seem to know where to fit in. You play him as a center. He doesn't really seem to have the processing speed right now to make those quick reads. When you play him on the wing, he's bricking every three he puts up. It's just really hard to find a spot for him. And if his defense was at the level you expect then you could justify it by him having like two good offensive plays. You justify his defense being out there, but his defense has fallen off as well. And and like, he's not lifting his arms when protecting the rim. He's just kind of floating around a little bit lost. And I don't think this is who he is as a player long-term. I think he's in a pretty bad way right now. And if the Raptors priority here is to win games, I don't know if Precious is really figuring into those plans at the moment. And if you get to a play-in game, the margins are razor thin. It could be a 9-10 game where it's losing you're out or you're on the road in Miami and you're trying to win a game and the the heater's zoning you up in a 7-8 game and you can't have Precious out there because he can't hit the threes to bust the zone. He can't work in the middle of the floor to bust the zone. 
it might be matchup dependent, but I, I would probably right now err on the side of I don't know how much he's actually going to play in a play-in game just because mm-hmm. when he's on the floor, he's costing them multiple points and multiple points in a single elimination game can be the difference between going home or getting the right to get your pants beaten off by the Celtics in the first round, uh, <laughs> which everybody knows is the goal you shoot for. Um What's your just sort of general read on Precious as a player, as like a, a member of this core going forward, Katie? I, I, I think over the course of the last two years, his sort of stock has gone, it, much like his on-court play in a given game, is very roller coastery and kind of oscillates up and down. Um, I, I think his sort of status within the future and status as a core piece has also probably kind of had some wild fluctuations up and down where are you at right now as far as precious achua as like a long-term piece for this raptors team of course he's coming up he's extension eligible this offseason mm-hmm. um he'll be going into the final year of his rookie deal next year you could always kick the can down the road there's you know restrictive free agency there's qualifying offers yada 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 but um just general thoughts like your your, your precious stock watch as it relates to his fit with the team long term i think he's been lost in the shuffle a little mm-hmm. uh, i will say that is even true of a player like Scotty Barnes. I kind of am looking at this like younger caliber of player. Partially, I think that is front office management. I think there's a disconnect that's flown through the team for much of this season. I think a vet would help. I don't know that it would solve everything at this point, Um, but there's a sense of a disconnect in terms of like who these young guys can look to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's Fred. Sometimes it's Pascal. Sometimes it's pretty clear that they're of a, those guys are like of a different core mm-hmm. um, and play a different way and have kind of this different ethos, I think, mm-hmm. um, that Precious, you know, a player like Precious Achua or Scotty Barnes does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to make it sound so dire. It no, just, I mean, I think it's natural. One yeah. half of the core went through a championship run and many years of playoff success, yeah. and the other is still very green and new. And like, I don't think it's even a bad thing necessarily that they're kind of wired differently. It's just you got to sort it out. We talk about buy-in, and I think that does flow both ways, right? Like you do mm-hmm. want your players to buy in, but I think there has to be a buy-in um, from the front office. And again, that's something I felt. This is just observational but I mm-hmm. felt there's a disconnect there too. So again, some of this stuff could be clarified in the off season. I mm-hmm. really have liked, like when you, when you kind of scope back and look at Precious Achua's growth overall since he got to Toronto, mm-hmm. it's been great, right? Like it's, it's, I think it's been everything you, you could ask of him. Mm-hmm. I think it's been more than what was probably expected of him. And, and I think he's shown that where he's struggled, it's when he, it's where he's trying to grasp and do, all these things that are asked of him and, and mm-hmm. kind of do more. That's sort of the same places he's looked lost, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's been able to reconcile those to a degree. Again, some of this I think goes back to not necessarily having someone to look to on the floor that can do all of these things. Right. Mm-hmm. There isn't really, there isn't really someone like that uh, mm-hmm. on the team right now. So some of it I think is situational. Some of it is developmental. Some might just be, you know, his skill set as a player at this point. Um, I mean, I'm not willing to say like part with this guy. I don't know if yeah. you extend, I think you're, you're pretty apt in terms of like you wait until next season. If you don't have to extend right now, mm-hmm. kind of see what develops with the team, what the, what the direction is that 
this team is going to head in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see him do better. I'm like, I am a Precious Ajua fan, you know, totally. and the times yeah. he's really shown up. It's been really great, somewhat fleeting moments, but of, of like, oh yeah, okay. Like he's got it all together, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been this kind of like, whether it's off the bench or, you know, in a more um, comprehensive role, he's been what the team has needed uh, in terms of being a contributor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's a smart, like watchful kind of player. And I do think every team could use more of those or after certainly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, a, the Raptors are probably going to be inclined to want to keep him around just because he fits the ethos they very clearly wanted to build this team with, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's six foot eight, he can defend everybody. Uh, he is a, one of the poster children of six vision six nine and all that. At the same time, his limitations, I could see him being like a casualty of the pivot away from Vision 6 9 mm-hmm. as they realize other skills are important to have on a basketball team. And maybe it's sort of a, you know, we could have the whole plane be built out of this guy, but maybe we need to kind of mix things up a little bit and swap some guys in and out to just sort of diversify the skill set. I think they're going to want to give him a long rope. It seems like he's one of their guys and all of that. I don't think he'll get extended this summer. I think they'll probably wait, see what happens next season, particularly with the three-point shot, because if you're going to go forward with a team of Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl as your starting front court, you got to be very careful about who you're bringing in off the bench and do they offer some semblance of shooting. And if Precious Achua is a 25% three-point shooter and not a 35 36% three-point shooter, that becomes really tricky to negotiate. Mm-hmm. And so I think we'll wait. I would say, you know, a year at the end of last season, I thought he was firmly like, yes, he is part of the core, no doubt, 100%. And now, you know how sometimes in like a movie where there's time travel and like they mess up <laughs> something in the past and then the photos of the future, the people start to fade from them slowly? Yes. If I'm thinking about like a 2027 <laughs> Raptors team photo, Precious is still in there, but like he may be fading just a tiny little bit. We got to see what's going to happen here to get him back, uh, back to the future style, back into the photo and all of that. Um, But that's seems like a dumb analogy to leave this off on. Uh, Katie, anything, (laughs) anything you would like to promote for the good people out there? Mm, I have something I wrote about the Denver Nuggets uh, and their apparent quote unquote slump. It's not a slump. Um, It's really hard for a team (laughs) that that's good to go through like a very dire slump. But that Mm -hmm. will be, I think, up today, later today. They have senioritis, I think. Uh... Gaming society. (laughs) They have like it's March oritis. They have. They've yeah. been in first place since December, Aritis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote about what they can actually learn from the desperate teams that are beating them. Mm-hmm. Because the desperate teams have much more gain than in winning than the, the Nuggets do in losing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that you can find that at Gaming Society. You can also subscribe to Basketball Feelings. I had do Jasmine it. Wimbish of uh, CBS Sports on uh, the podcast in the most recent episode. She's really cool. We talked about the Jason Kidd. Second year experience. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to our pal Nick Angstat, who's uh, getting all caught up in Jason Kidd's bad coaching nonsense. Uh, (laughs) Could always be worse, Raptors fans, right? Man, just anytime you're like looking at Nick Nurse and you're like, this guy drives me crazy. I can't stand this guy anymore. What's he doing with these rotations? Just think 
Your coach could be Jason Kidd. Uh, and you could also have the players that the Mavericks have on their roster as well. Um, or one specific player. Uh, we'll leave it there. Any, anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back again tomorrow with Big V as we're going to break down Raptors Thunder. Hopefully, the Thunder aren't giant cowards and play Shea Gilgis Alexander as opposed to sitting him out like it seems like they're maybe trying to do, even though they're in a play-in spot. Uh Sam Presti knows no bounds in his uh, being a scam artist. But yeah, would love to see Shea play tonight. Uh, hopefully he doesn't demolish the Raptors too poorly. And we will uh, break it all down with Big V tomorrow to close out your week. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs. Bud's lost to the Avalanche last night in a potential Stanley Cup final preview which assumes the Maple Leafs get through one round of the playoffs, uh, or three out of three rounds of the playoffs, let alone <laughs> one, uh, which is perhaps dubious. But Mike and Dave will have the latest on their chances of doing such things on Lockdown Leafs every single day, so go check them out. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts for free so you never miss the next episode when it drops. And we will talk to you again on Friday. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Shout out Douglas Fur. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>